You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 2212 South Broad Street. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.church. So I think Megan really gave the sermon already. <laughs> so just remember that. If you don't remember anything else from tonight, um, remember those monsters of grace and God meeting us in the depths. The story that I, wanted, that I want to explore from the Old Testament um, kind of builds on that, that idea um, that God shows up in the darkness, in the chaos, um, often through a friend like Jordan or Megan. And so we're going we're gonna to go back to that moment. Um, if you were here last week, we talked about the exodus from Egypt about God calling people out of slavery and um, taking them out of the, the actual country that they were enslaved in and miraculously leading them through um, toward, toward freedom, toward this land, this new land that they were being promised. And today we find them newly on their own. Um, in the moment that we're in in the story in our text today, they are, they're two months into this journey away from Egypt and into the desert. Um, so they're no longer enslaved by the Egyptians, but they have all these new questions and challenges and opportunities. And everything is, is new and kind of being revealed as they go. And I, that just really kind of resonates for me um, on the, in this ongoing, if I can just, if I can like extend that to my life, to our lives together, um, even though it was unique at that time for those people, I think being called, even being called out of something terrible might lead us into a whole new set of challenges. And um, that's, that's where they found themselves on this journey it was a real process coming into freedom. And I think, you know, I'm thinking of our church, even in this moment, like coming out of the season of pandemic lockdowns. I can't really say out of the pandemic because it's, it goes on. But we have this new, we have this chance to start again in a new way. We have this opportunity in the midst of this challenge um, and I want to kind of uh, wrestle with that today with you all. Um, this chance to start new in big ways. Who is God calling us to be? What is God calling us to do? We have a new opportunity to seek God together now and discern specific new vision for that as we keep gathering and getting to know each other and building trust and momentum as a people. I was thinking about the challenges and opportunities of freedom, especially this week, because we left our kids at home for a whole week for the first time on their own. Um, they are 17 and 19, so they can handle this, but... Um, and, and we had a chance to stay at a pastor friend's place in the Shenandoah Mountains. And it was kind of a, a working vacation in a way, but I really, I get so 
restored by being around nature, um, that I was happy to take the, the free opportunity. But our kids had um, work and school, you know, college and high school and soccer that they felt like they couldn't skip. And so um, they, stayed by, they stayed home by themselves and about a million friends who stayed at our house. Um, but seeing their cool excitement about this opportunity, like they were trying to like not, you know, like let on how happy they were, I think, about this. <laughs> like, oh, we're sorry, we can't come with you guys. Um, but it reminded me of that moment of like going away to college and um, having that first realization that like nobody's gonna tell me when to go to bed or, you know, to eat healthy or when to study. It's, that, it's that, new, that new feeling that you can kind of make some adult decisions and design your life a little bit. Like not completely, but a little bit. And my kids were wonderfully responsible, uh, as far as I know. The only mildly annoying thing they did was stick the cat's litter box in our bedroom to make room for more friends to sleep over. Um, I didn't mind the friends, that's a regular thing. Uh, but the stinky litter box was an unwanted surprise. So freedom, freedom is wonderful and I, it's essential. Um, but it's a journey, it's a process, right? I wouldn't have left my kids at home for a week 10 years ago. Um, and I think it's one, it's one that can be scary apart from close relationship. It needs some kind of container. Um, and what, what better container than a loving relationship with our creator? And so that's the first thing I noticed about God in our text here today. If we could have that slide, Josh. Thank you. Um, that God is a liberator. You know, he brings, he brings the people out of Egypt and then God doesn't just, is it not in there? Oh, there we go. Thank you. <laughs> We're out of order. Sorry about that. Um, but that God then doesn't just abandon us to our freedom and like kind of, you know, kick us out of the nest and say, figure it out. God is present to kind of guide the ongoing process of liberation. That's something I'm so grateful for in my own life. Um, that we're still on a journey to deeper freedom through relationship with God. It's not this once and done thing. The love and guidance in relationship with God and people of faith, I think, I think even allow, allow for real freedom because they can help protect us from going, going back into whatever we left behind. So let me, let me read this to you from Exodus um, by this great picture of the real Mount Sinai. Isn't that like more impressive than you imagined from the Bible? I was impressed by that mountain. Um, on the first day of the third month after the Israelites left Egypt, they came to the desert of Sinai and they camped there in front of the mountain. And then Moses went up to God and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, this is what you are to say to the people. 
You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. It's just like Alex's song. Now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. So that was the message from God. And Moses went back and summoned the elders of the people and set before them all the words the Lord had commanded him to speak. The people all responded together, we will do everything the Lord has said. And so Moses brought their answer back to the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, I'm going to come to you in a dark cloud so that the people will hear me speaking with you and will trust you. So they're in this moment, the people are in this moment of like glorious new freedom, but kind of uncomfortable too with their questions about what's next. You know, how are they going to get fed? How are they going to, who's going to lead them? Uh, What is their new home going to be like? And God meets them there with this direct message. I have carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. And I'm, I'm not going to abandon you. I'm, I'm making a covenant with you. And I think this is, this is really the whole spiritual life. This is the whole, this is, this is so much of the message of the Bible. This promise of togetherness with God. This promise of God not leaving us on our own to figure it out, but actually um, being an ongoing liberating presence. And then God gets specific. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you some particular ways to honor our togetherness that, that can guide and protect and elevate you. And these are the Ten Commandments, but instead of the, the um, angry Moses movie version, I want to I give you the... Um, I want to tell you about them in the way that our friend Kathleen from our Germantown congregation has been teaching us to teach our kids. Um, And instead of the Ten Commandments, they call them the Ten Best Ways. The Ten Best Ways. And they're written on pieces that form a heart when they're put together. And they're stored in this heart-shaped box, like a gift, like the gift that they are. Um, And when we put when we put them together with the kids in all the different formations, they always essentially, we're, we're trying to make this basic point, that they're, the 10 best ways are about loving God, loving people, and foundationally, the bottom of that heart is knowing that God loves us. It provides... Um, a little physical representation of the idea that this revelation from God came from a place of love, not judgment or anger. And so they talk about it being the 10 best ways to live, not the easiest ways to live, um, and not the ways that we always manage to follow. But they were given to Moses as the way that God wanted 
the people to live. God gave them to Moses, Moses gave them to, to the people, and we say the people gave them to us. Just like, just like Meg got that, that story from Jordan that informed her life. I love that they're packaged up like a gift to further reinforce that they are made to help us, not, not to judge us. And they're specific, which I think sometimes when people get specific, for me, it can help me feel not abandoned um, because they're, 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 um, they're like specific guidance. And so maybe we want to consider um, that some of these best ways, even though this is the Old Testament, um, some of these best ways could be helpful to us even now in forming ourselves as a circle of hope and thinking about who we are and who we want to be. So in developmentally appropriate language, these 10 best ways that we tell the kids about are, um, I'll, I'll read the list to you, they're on the next slide too, Josh. But, but let's ponder together how these ways really could increase human thriving and decrease harm. Don't serve other gods or worship idols. Be serious when you say my name. Keep the Sabbath holy. Honor your parents. Don't kill. Married people should love and respect each other. We figured they did. it was a little too much to go into the word adultery. Um, don't steal. Don't lie. Don't even want what others have instead of the uh, thou shalt not covet. Now, do you think the people were able to follow these 10 best ways? Do you think they were able to um, do it like they so readily agreed that they would be? No, it was, uh, I'm sure many of you know the story and how it was only a matter of days until they were worshiping. They were literally uh, disregarding the first two and they were worshiping a golden calf that they had made out of their jewelry that they melted down, um, which sounds kind of pathetic, but I, until like I think about my own life, and I'm sure we can all agree that it's pretty near impossible for any of us to do these things perfectly. I'm, I'm, I've been working on like observing a real Sabbath in my life for years, and I still like am nowhere near actually doing it. But again, my mind goes to the parent heart of God. Like what parent expects their child to be able to do, to obey their vision perfectly? I know I never thought that my kids would be able to do, to do that. Um, I think most parents know that it's a teaching process. Sometimes with painful natural consequences more than punishment. But that's how we learn the wisdom of love. And we grow our desire and capacity to stay in it. To stay in that loving relationship. Because the Israelite people had so many dips and turns in their trust and obedience to God. Again, much like ours, I think. This is our second passage for today from Leviticus. The writer said, 
But if they will confess their sins, uh, speaking, speaking for God here, but if they, w- if they will confess their sins and the sins of their ancestors, their unfaithfulness and their hostility toward me, which sent them into the land of their enemies, then when their uncircumcised hearts are humbled and they pay for their sin, I will remember my covenant with them and I will remember the land. For the land will be deserted by them and will enjoy its Sabbaths while it lies desolate without them. They will pay for their sins because they rejected my laws and hated my decrees. Yet, in spite of this, when they are in the land of their enemies, I will not reject them or hate them so as to destroy them completely, breaking my covenant with them. I am the Lord their God. But for their sake, I will remember the covenant with their ancestors whom I brought out of Egypt. So even though that's kind of painful, I think that's kind of painful to read because the, you know, the consequences of their lack of trust in God are painful. Um, God's response has this, this undeniable love, this unrelenting love and grace an opportunity for restoration, which we ultimately see in the person of Jesus. In Jesus, God took some massive initiative to bridge the gap between the people's capacity to follow these 10 best ways. You know, now by faith and trust in the person of Christ, people can be saved. But even Jesus talks about the necessity and the power of repentance that these ancient people were, were learning here the hard way. We know that sin, you know, acting apart from those best ways, separates and divides, and it, it causes all kinds of harm in, in our lives and on the earth. And I think we just instinct, you, you, don't, you don't need a pastor to like, I don't think anybody needs a pastor to like tell them how terrible they are because like we we like know that you know we feel it. We feel the effects of sin. We fe- even feel it in the earth, right? Um it damages relationships and allows whole systems of greed, addiction, violence to one another. And as a church, we're trying to take re- repentance seriously together. I think that's one of the um that's one of the things that we're, that we're exploring here um, in the pandemic. Um, to acknowledge how we've been uh, unintentionally complicit, but certainly complicit to systems of empire that discriminate and harm. And we want to keep healing from them. And I think the healing happens through acknowledgement. As we keep looking to Jesus... I think we will grow in courage and capacity to enter places of pain in order to be transformed. And I think that's I think that's what we're I think that's what we're working on. I think that's why it's good to talk about God meeting us in the depths because there's an opportunity here to expand. So let's go back to the mountain where God met Moses. Um in a dense and mysterious cloud. I think there's I think there's resonance there with the with the with the monster 
of grace. Um, God met Moses to show the people that they were not abandoned on this road to freedom, that God was going to stay with them and get specific about how they could thrive, how they were supposed to treat each other, um, how they could stay in this relationship of togetherness with God, um, and how and that God was going to guide them on this journey. And it really is a journey, isn't it? I think for us as a church and as individuals, none of us have all the answers. None of us have this figured out yet. We need the wisdom and love of this indwelling spirit of Christ to keep showing us the way. We might, we might um, wonder with Jesus, what are the 10 best ways now? I don't, know, I don't know what they would be, but that might be something fun that we could ponder together. Just in closing, last, last night I had the honor of hearing some music by the Marian Anderson Historical Society where my daughter Corey was singing with the choir. And they ended the performance with the traditional gospel chorus, I'm on my way, um, that speaks specifically to the African American experience in our country. And I've heard and sung this song many times but last night I was so moved by the great longing and awareness and even confidence in God's liberating presence in the midst of the struggle that I, that I could hear. That in the midst of all the pain and the work toward freedom that still, that still needs to happen, there was this deep assurance and hope that God hears and attends to those who call on God. That she is near to the brokenhearted. That Jesus doesn't leave people alone on the road to freedom, but comes alongside us to lead the way. It's in, maybe it's in the, in the struggle, in the longing, the sorrow, the questions, the failure, the doubt, the most difficult sections of the journey um, that are exactly where God is. Like I'm reminded on this mountain. The words to that song are, oh Lord, I'm on my way. I'm on my way to a heavenly land. I'll ride that long, long road if you are there to guide my hand. Oh Lord, I'm on my way. I'm on my way to a heavenly land. Oh Lord, it's a long, long way, but you'll be there to take my hand. Let me pray for us and then we'll talk back. God, thank you for these stories in the Bible from our own lives where we can recall um, you showing up in the depths in difficult moments and difficult times and, and bringing hope and bringing your presence. I pray that you would give us hope as we continue to journey together, that we, you, would give, you would give us courage to keep calling out to you, to keep trusting in your liberating presence 
And even when we feel like giving up, even when we are in the midst of our own worst stuff, or feeling the pain of the world, that you are with us, and that you will keep guiding all of humanity to freedom. Thank you for this time together that we have. And I pray that you would keep speaking to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected, visit circleofhope.church. You can also find us on Instagram or Facebook at circleofhopenet.com.